What's up, guys? Was that bass hitting anybody else? My goodness. Woo! That's starting off hot tonight. I loved that. Guys, I'm super excited to be here with you guys tonight. We are kicking off a brand new series tonight. It's called There He Said It. We're going to be talking about some shocking things that Jesus said uh, during his life here on earth, uh, during his ministry. Jesus said some shocking things. Like, he was a pretty radical dude. He said some shocking things. He did some shocking things. And I want to encourage you guys to come out to, this is a four-week series. You're one for one right now, okay? So you only got to be three for three for the rest of the time, and I promise you, if you guys go three for three for the rest of this sermon series, it will bless you, it will encourage you, it will challenge you, it will grow your faith, and it will help you to have a better understanding of who Jesus is and why he does the things that he does and did the things that he did. And man, that is such an awesome opportunity that we get the opportunity to come here every Tuesday night and have an opportunity to learn about Jesus and to draw closer to him and to understand him better. So I want to encourage you guys with that today. And then before I get into my message, I'm just going to give you guys a disclaimer. We're going to get deep tonight, okay? We're going to get into the deep stuff. We're going to get into the weeds. And it's going to be a fun time, okay? I promise you it's going to be a good time. But I want to encourage you guys. It really, 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 really matters how we hear God's word. It matters how we hear God's word when we're listening to it preach. It matters how we hear God's word when we're reading it in our Bibles. It matters how we hear God's word whenever we're worshiping. It just matters how we hear from God. And so that's why you guys hear me say all the time, you guys are probably sick and tired of hearing me say it, open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Because if we aren't opening up our hearts and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives whenever we're listening to a message preached or whenever we're reading God's word, then we don't know what's going to influence us. There could be a number of different things that are going to influence us as we read God's word. And so I want to give you guys that disclaimer before I tell you guys what I'm about to preach about tonight. I want to ask you guys a question. How many, by a show of hands in here, how many of you want to look more like Jesus? By a show of hands. Okay, sweet. The majority of you in here want to look more like Jesus. And I think that the people who didn't raise their hands, you guys probably want to look more like Jesus. You guys are just like comfy in your chairs and we're too lazy to raise your hands. That's cool though. You're my kind of people. I probably would have done the same thing. Okay, but now that you guys are ready, I'm preaching about how to love your enemies today. And some of you guys, fellas out here, you're like, dude, how am I going to love my enemy? Because I can't even figure out how to love my girl because her love language changes every other day. Can I get an amen, fellas? I feel you, okay? I feel you guys, all right? I've been married for almost three years now. I feel you, okay? Don't worry. We're not going to get into that kind of stuff. Different kind of love. You don't have to know your enemy's love language. Cool? All right. Now, let me tell you why I'm really, really excited to preach this message and then let me tell you why I'm not excited to preach this message, okay? I'm really excited to preach this message because if I was a betting man, I would be willing to bet a good amount of money that the majority of us in here today don't love our enemies. Like, it's not something that we're actively trying to do in our life. It's not something that we are living out. We're not really loving our enemies. It's not something that we want to do. It's not something that the world calls us to do. It's not something the world says is cool to do. So that leaves massive, massive, massive opportunity for life change to happen tonight in this room. And that gets me super, super excited. Like, if we can get this, like, if we understand 
okay, I know how to love my enemies now, and we leave here today actively trying, doing our very, very best to love our enemies. Imagine how that's going to change us. Imagine how that's going to change our friend group. Imagine how it's going to change our family, our community. And that's going to go to generations. And this might be a bold statement, and some of you guys are like, oh, whatever, Chris. But I'm serious. It could seriously change the world. There are like 100 and probably 70 people in here tonight. Imagine what that would look like if all of us left here today loving our enemies. That's a lot of enemies. Like, out of the 170 of us in here, there are a lot of different enemies. And so if we go out and we start loving them, oh my goodness, that would be crazy. That would be transformative. And that gets me super excited that there's that opportunity for that to happen tonight. Okay? And then let me tell you why I'm not really excited to preach this message. I'm not excited to preach this message to you guys tonight because I'm not, um, I'm not naive to the fact that I'm preaching to people right now who have been really, 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 really hurt in their life. Like, I'm not naive to the fact that I'm preaching to people who have been bullied their whole life by people because they don't look the way that, they, that society tells them they should look or they don't dress the way society tells them they should dress. And that breaks my heart. I, I, I'm aware that I'm preaching to people right now who, who have been abused sexually, physically, mentally, and that breaks my heart. I'm aware that I'm preaching to people right now that have never really been loved the way that they should be loved, and it's left them feeling unworthy, it's left them feeling unwanted, and it's left them feeling unloved. And so I thought to myself while I'm, while I'm writing this message, man, dude, how can you go up onto this stage and preach to these young adults that are chasing after Jesus to extend not only forgiveness to these people who have hurt us, but to take it a step further and to extend love to them? Like, that's tough for me to preach to. Because if we're just being completely honest, these people who have hurt us, they don't deserve it. Like, let, like let's just be real. They, these people who have done these things to us, who have taken advantage of us, who have used us, who have hurt us, like at a soul level, they don't deserve our forgiveness and they don't deserve our love. And I want to push pause on my message real quick. And I just want to say, if you have been hurt, if you have been unloved, if you have felt unworthy, I just want to say it. I am really, really, really sorry. And I, I want you to hear that because I want you to understand that somebody cares. Like, somebody cares. And, and these, these wounds that we have, it may make us feel like we're not good enough. But I want you to understand before we go any further tonight that you are, oh my goodness, you are loved more than you could ever know. You have a Father in heaven who loves you more than you could ever fathom. You have a father in heaven who has given you an identity as a son and a daughter of Jesus, and it doesn't get any higher than that. You have a father in heaven who has formed you in your mother's womb and has written out a plan for your life to prosper you and to bless you, and nobody can take that away from you because Jesus has given it to you. And man, that is so, so good. That encourages me so much, and I hope it encourages you. And so when I, talk, when, I, when I talk about how these people don't deserve it, the reason that I'm up here preaching this message today is because the fact of the matter is, is that you don't deserve it either, and I don't deserve it either. Like, we, what did we do for Jesus to extend forgiveness and love to us? We did nothing. We didn't befriend Jesus before he went to the cross for us and we say, hey, yo, 
Jesus, man, I've been sinning like crazy in my life. I've been stacking up sin on top of sin on top of sin. And FYI, I'm going to continue to keep on sinning, but this is the sin that I got right now. It's stacked up a mile high. The, the debt that I owe for this sin is death. The wages that I owe for this sin that I've committed, it's death. Could you pay that for me? And Jesus is like, yeah, sure, I got you. That's not how it happened. Jesus went to the cross for the very people that were rejecting him, for the very people that were crucifying him. Jesus went to the cross for his enemies. And our goal as Christians is to look as much like Jesus as possible. And the majority of you, of you in here, raise your hands when I said, who wants to look more like Jesus? And if we really want to look more like Jesus, this is what we got to do. Okay? So I got some of you right now that are looking at me like I'm crazy, like, dude, I'm not going to love my enemies. FYI, I'm not going to leave here loving my enemies. That's cool. I understand. And then I got some of you in here that are like leaning in, and you're like, yes. Yes, I want to love my enemies. I want to live out this calling that God gives us. This right here is one of the hardest things that God calls us to, just FYI. Like, this is really, really hard, okay? You're not the only one in thinking that, like, this is an impossible task, okay? But I got some of you right now that are like, yep, I want to do it, but how do I do it? And, and we get so caught up in the how to, like, like uh, cast all your fears on me. Man, I would love to cast all my fears on you, but how do I do it, right? Okay, I'm going to teach you guys today, hopefully, I'm going to teach you guys today how to love your enemies. So I got some scripture for you guys, and I feel like whenever we read scripture, most of the time, we can do, we do it just out of obedience instead of to, like, actually dwell and spend time with Jesus, and when we're, our, like, when we're studying God's word, man, he reveals so much to us, and it is so good. And that's exactly what happened in this scripture here that I'm about to share with you guys today. I've heard this scripture so many times in my life growing up, like so, so many times. But I, and, and I've been to the point in my life where I'm like, man, I want to love my enemies, but I don't know how either. In this same scripture where Jesus calls us to love our enemies, he gives us exactly how we can love our enemies too. Okay, so I'm going to read it for you guys. It's in Luke chapter 6, uh, starting off in verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. I, I, I want you guys to catch this last part. I got caught up and I missed a part. He says, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He's kind to them. How do we treat the ungrateful and the wicked? Are we kind to them? Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Man, I love this scripture so much. It is hard to, to read and to be like, man, yep, I'm going to do that, but it's so, so good. And, and just uh, something that I've been working on this year, kind of like, a, I guess you'd call it a New Year's resolution, is every 
week, every Monday and every Wednesday, I've been sending out devotionals uh, to the people in, in church. And uh, I guess there are some people that are out of church that I send it to, too. But I've been sending out devotionals. And so uh, I've been doing this. I've been uh, focused on loving your enemies for the last two weeks. And so I've sent out the last four devotionals I've sent out have been on how to love your enemies. Because in this scripture that I just read to you, Jesus gives us the call to love our enemies. And he gives us five points on how to love our enemies. And then tomorrow is Wednesday, and so that's going to be the fifth devotional that I send out. That's going to be the fifth point. And so if you guys want these devotionals to be able to put in your back pocket, then I would love to send them to you. You guys can text my burner phone back here. My number is on the screen. You can text me your name. It's not really my burner phone, guys. That was a joke, okay? <laughs> you guys can text me your name and your email, and I would love to send you guys those uh, five devotionals on how to love your enemies. And if you are like, hey, I'm in, I want to receive uh, the rest of the devos you send out for the rest of the year, then you can send me your name, your email, and you can just say I'm in, and I would love to send you those devotionals. But if you just want the love your enemies one, don't say I'm in, and I'll never email you again if you don't want me to. Cool? All right. Now, I want to jump in to the five ways on how we can love our enemies, okay? First way that we can love our enemies is we can pray for them. Verse 28, it says, pray for those who mistreat you. As Christians, I really think that we have no greater weapon than prayer, if I'm just being real. Like, Jesus prayed for his enemies, and, and if we're talking about looking more like Jesus tonight, then this is something that we got to do. We got to pray for our enemies. And I, I want to paint you guys this picture. Jesus, okay, son of God, big deal, right? Comes down to this earth, perfect, blameless, flawless, is tempted in all the same ways you're tempted and all the same ways I'm tempted, if not more so, never sins once. Never sins once. He's perfect. He's done nothing wrong. And then he goes to the cross, and these people who are rejecting him, these people who are disrespecting him, these people who are putting the nails in his hands, these people who are mocking him by putting a crown of thorns in his head, these people who are taking his clothes off and spitting on him, he's praying for him. And as Jesus is, is hanging on the cross, inches away from death, he cries out and says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I, I'm serious. Every single time I have that picture in my mind, I get goosebumps. Like, how can you have that picture in your mind of these people who are crucifying Jesus, and Jesus is praying for them and asking for God to forgive them of their sins and not be just left in just awe of how good our God is? I mean, wow. He's praying for them. And so I want to give you guys a really, really practical way to pray for our enemies, okay? And, and I think that we need to understand that whenever we— Whenever we look at somebody with hatred or whenever we look at somebody as an enemy, we view them for one thing that they did in the past or for two things or for five things or for a hundred things that they did in their past. But we look at them for what they did that hurt us. We don't look at them for who they actually are. Because if we looked at our enemies for who they actually are, we would realize that, guess what? They're a child of God just like you and I are. 
Guess what? Jesus loves them just as, he much, just as much as he loves you and I. Guess what? Jesus died for them in the same way that he died for you and I. And we, if we are really going to love our enemies, we have to get this down. We have to shift our perspective. We have to quit judging them for one thing that they did or for a hundred things that they did in their past. And we have to start viewing them the way that Jesus views them. And so a prayer that we can pray for our enemies is if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, then of course we can pray that they would come into a relationship with Jesus, that they would have a realization of how much they need Jesus. But what we can do is we can pray that the Holy Spirit would allow us to view our enemies in the same light that he views them. And man, what a powerful prayer that could be. What a powerful prayer that could be that if we view our enemies in the same light that Jesus does, then loving our enemies becomes a lot easier. So we can pray for our enemies. The second way that we can love our enemies is we can bless them. How countercultural is this? How counter- this is all countercultural, but man, blessing our enemies, we live in a world today that says block them, cut them off, never see them again. Not bless them. Right? And we have to understand that the, the love that we're talking about when we uh, love our enemies is like, <clears throat> there's different loves. I love my wife differently than I love my mom. I love my mom differently than I love my brothers and sisters. I love my brothers and sisters differently than I love my best friends. Okay? So there's different kinds of love. And the love that we need to have for our enemies is this love called agape love. It's the kind of love that Jesus has for you and I. It's the kind of love that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you smell like. It doesn't matter what clothes you wear. It doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank account. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram. It doesn't matter. It just extends love. That's the kind of love that we have to have for our enemies. And one of the greatest opportunities that Jesus gives us is he gives, a, or one of the greatest blessings that Jesus gives us is an opportunity to have an intimate personal relationship with him. Like what an awesome blessing that is, that we have the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. And so a blessing that we can offer our enemies, maybe our enemies is a brother, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a mom or a dad, maybe it's a family member that we haven't talked to in years. And we can extend to them a blessing today. We can extend them an opportunity to have a relationship again or to find a common ground and to to make amends. And here's the thing about this blessing that Jesus extends us. He extends it to everybody, and some people accept this opportunity to have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, and it's awesome, and it's amazing, and it's transforming, and and, and it's life-changing. But other people reject it. And the fact of the matter is that if we extend a blessing of an opportunity of a relationship, to have a relationship again with our enemies, some of them are going to accept it, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be fantastic, and it's going to be transforming, but some of them are going to reject it. And we, we do things out of obedience, and so we'll say, okay, man, Chris preached a great message, man, it's in God's word that I need to, to bless my enemies, and so I'll extend a blessing to them, but if they don't accept it, then I'll just leave it and I'll walk away. Because I I was obedient, I offered it, that was it. But Jesus never takes that away because we don't know how the Lord is going to work in our enemies' hearts. And maybe in one year or five years or ten years, they're going to have a change of heart. And they're going to say, yeah, man, I think I do want to make amends. I think I do 
want to have a relationship again. But if we just take that opportunity away, then do we really do what we are called to do? And the scripture for that was in verse 28, and it says, bless those who curse you. <sighs> That's crazy. I, I get it. It's crazy, guys. Bless those who curse you. Third way that we can love our enemies is we can forgive them. Without this step, we don't get to love. We don't get to love without forgiving our enemies. In verse 29, it says, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. You guys have probably heard turn the other cheek, right? This right here is a symbol of giving somebody a fresh start. All right, so if somebody slaps me on my right cheek, it might be red, it might be bruised, depends on how hard they hit me. It may be in pain. But this side is all messed up. And so I turn to them the other cheek that's untouched. And it's a symbol of saying, hey, I trust you again. Hey, I'm giving you a second chance. Hey, I'm giving you a clean slate. That's powerful. As I've been telling people, yeah, I'm preaching about loving my enemies, a question that I've gotten is, man, can I trust my enemies again? Can I trust them again? Does Jesus trust you? Yeah, he does trust you. Jesus extends forgiveness and trust to us every single day. Because we sin and we say, man, God, I'm sorry. He says, it's okay, I trust you again. I forgive you. And then the next day we sin again, and then he says, it's okay, I forgive you, I trust you again. And then the next day we sin again, and he says, it's okay, I forgive you, I trust you again. And there's no limit to that. And so it's like, man, trusting my enemies, Chris, dude, this, this guy is crazy. We have to be like Jesus. We got to be. And this is what Jesus does. And the funny thing about forgiveness is we think that somehow by not forgiving our enemies for what they've done to us, by how they've hurt us, we're somehow getting back at them. Like we're somehow putting them in pain. When really it's, it's us that we're hurting. Like when we hurt all, hold on to this bitterness, this anger, this hurt, there are metaphorical chains on us, on our arms and on our legs, holding us back. What's it holding us back from? It's holding us back from walking in God's purpose for our life. Let me give you an example. Maybe somebody in here today uh, has been in love. And it was great for years and years and years. And then maybe that person cheated on you. And then you say, I'm never getting another relationship again because if I don't get in another relationship again, then I won't get hurt again. And it's because we're holding on to that hurt that we've had in our past. But maybe God's plan for you is that the guy who, or the woman who's supposed to love you is right around the corner, but we can't walk in that purpose for our life because we are chained back, because we're holding on to this forgiveness. Maybe somebody in here has been in love before and that other person didn't reciprocate that love and you say, I'm never loving anybody ever again. I'm never letting anybody into my heart ever again because if I do that, I'm protecting myself and I'll never be hurt again. When really the person who is supposed to love you the way that you're supposed to be loved is right around the corner, but you can't get there because you're held back by these chains of unforgiveness. It hurts us. The Bible tells us that vengeance is his. Vengeance is his. We threw out every right that we had to justice whenever we became sinners. 
Because they're a sinner, our enemies are sinners, and we're sinners. We throw out every right to justice. We have no right to justice. Only God has right to justice because he's the only perfect one. So vengeance is his. We need to release our forgiveness. We need to release our hurt. We need to release our pain and our bitterness to God. And we were, when we release it to him, he takes those chains off, and then we can walk in our purpose that God has for us. And that is so freeing. And when we are not held back, we're able to love our enemies through that. fourth one's a hard one. Be generous to your enemies. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. I hate this one. It, it, it's tough for me to be generous to the people that I do like. I don't think I'm alone in that. It's tough for me to surrender my finances to Jesus and, and, and to be generous to the church. I don't think I'm alone in that. So how am I supposed to be generous to my enemy? How am I supposed to, to, to take it a step further and if they take my coat, give them my shirt? If somebody takes something from me, I'm not supposed to do anything about it? I'm just supposed to let it happen? It's crazy. It's countercultural. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. This right here is the roots of who Jesus is. This right here is what makes Jesus, Jesus. And when I asked you earlier at the beginning of my message, how many of you guys want to look like Jesus, I really think that you guys were probably like, I want to look like Jesus because he walked on water and he turned water into wine and he fed 5,000 and he uh, healed sick people. Yeah, I want to look like Jesus. But this isn't what we were thinking about when we said, yeah, we want to look like Jesus. We don't want to do this stuff. We don't want to love our enemies. We don't want to pray for them. We don't want to bless them. We don't want to forgive them. We don't want to be generous to them. But this is what makes Jesus, Jesus. And if we want to look like Jesus, we have to consume this. We have to apply this to our life. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we don't conform to the roots of what makes Jesus, Jesus, then we will never have the fruit that Jesus had, ever. It won't even be close. Even if we do conform to it, we'll never have the fruit Jesus had. But man, guys, I'm telling you, when we say, I want to look like Jesus, this has to be the stuff that we're talking about. Being generous to our enemies. It's the roots of what makes him Jesus. Fifth and final thing. Expect nothing from him. Verse 35 says, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. When you pray for your enemies, don't expect them to pray for you back. 
When you bless your enemies, don't expect them to bless you back. When you forgive your enemies, don't expect them to forgive you back. When you're generous to them, don't expect them to be generous to you back. And we live in a world by people that are driven by selfish ambition. Don't look at me like you're not. We're all driven by selfish ambition. I'll do something good if I get something good out of it. I'll bless somebody if I get a blessing back. But we don't want to do it if we get nothing back. But this is exactly what we're called to do. We're called to love with zero expectations. That's agape love. Something that changed my perspective on everything ministry. There's your part, there's God's part, and there's their part. We know God's taking care of his part. We know it. We got to take care of our part, which is, in this case, to love our enemies, to bless them, to pray for them, to be generous to them, to expect nothing from them, to forgive them. And then there's their part. And that's the part that we can't change. That's the part that we can't affect, but we want to so badly. But this, I'll love my enemies if they love me back. No. I'll love my enemies because Jesus calls me to love my enemies. And I'm not going to expect anything back, and I'm going to understand that I can't control how they receive my love. We live in a world today that's messed up, just being honest. You know it, I know it. We live in a world today where I preach about how to love your enemies, and people are like, mm, see ya. I was seriously looking up messages on how to love your enemies, and I found very, very few. Because this is so countercultural. This has to become second nature to us. Loving our enemies should be second nature to us. We were made by Jesus. Like, this is what we're supposed to do. This is who we were made to be. But it's so different from everything that we hear that it's like, what the heck, love your enemies? And when we start to love our enemies, man, the world is going to change. I'm telling you, it's going to change. I want to end with this story of this guy named Stephen. Uh, this is in Acts, book of Acts. Stephen's an elder in the church. His uh, job is to take care of the widows. And uh, one day Stephen gets arrested for following Jesus. And he gets brought before a court and they say, hey, do you worship Jesus? He says, yeah, I worship Jesus. He, he loves me just like he loves you. And so they take him and they drag him outside the city walls. They throw him down. And the Bible tells us that Stephen looks up and he sees the heavens open and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And they pick up their stones. They're getting ready to stone him to death. And they say, disown Jesus. He says, no, I'm not disowning Jesus. And so they start hurling rocks at him, one after another. 
And Stephen falls to his knees. And he says, Father, do not hold this sin against them. He's praying for the people who are killing him. Sound familiar? And scholars over many years have described Jesus as standing. This is the only time in Scripture where you'll see Jesus as descriptive as standing at the right hand of God instead of seated. But they say that this is described as Jesus standing up and giving Stephen a round of applause for showing love in the face of hatred. That's what we're called to do. We're called to show love in the face of hatred. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to pray for them, bless them, forgive them, be generous to them, and expect nothing from them. And when we do that, the world's going to be a lot better place. You guys stand and pray with me. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I pray that you just come into each and every one of our hearts tonight and you soften our hearts and you allow us to extend love to our enemies. You allow us to show love in the face of hatred. You allow us to look more like you. Father, I pray for life change to happen tonight, Lord, because this is so, so hard to do to love our enemies, to extend forgiveness and love to the people who have hurt us so badly. And only through your power, only through your grace, only through your love will you be able to come into our lives so that we can extend love to them. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.